You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. Hey y'all, it's Heather and Bruce. Hello. Hello, Bruce. And I'm sorry I did not have an episode up Monday morning, bright and early, but my guest, Bruce, is a little under the weather. And so I thought I would um, let him heal a little bit. He's ready. Ready ready to rally. And uh, today's topic is a little personal. It's um, about our life and it's a portion of our life, which I haven't really shared much about in my writings or um, on the podcast, but um, I think it's it's going to be a helpful topic, I think, for listeners. Um, we're going to talk about work-life balance and just a season um, we've been a part of and how we're kind of, we've kind of learned along the way in the last three years of how to make the best of a Demanding career. If you have a husband, um, I know there's husbands out there that travel a lot for their work. Maybe they're gone all week. They leave Monday. They come back Friday. Um, they go out of the country maybe even. Uh, now, Bruce's job has not been that. And I will say, Bruce, you have done a great job of um, balancing being uh, home in the morning for the boys, Bruce will get up and get up early enough so he can make breakfast for the boys and spend time with them. And lately he's been driving the older boys to school. And then he's always home for dinner and putting the boys to bed and helping me put the boys to bed and cleaning up the dishes. And so all of that, you're like, okay, so what's the problem here? Well, the the problem, I mean, I don't know if you want to chime in, Bruce, but I, I can speak for, I, I was constantly worried about, okay, where does that leave Bruce? Like what? How is Bruce getting his needs met? He he's not getting much sleep. I don't know how much you want to talk about that, but he's not getting much sleep. He's used to read like how many books? Probably twenty books a year. I mean, maybe I'm over exaggerating. Yeah, but it was like a book right. a month at least. Uh-huh. And then uh, and and we are very social people. You and I are both extroverts, uh-huh. and so we would go out with people. We'd host parties, and none of that ha- was happening. You you're yeah. pretty much. Family, work, and a little bit of sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I always made, you know, I first of all, I, I really enjoy what I do. I, I derive a lot of satisfaction from from my job and from the people I work with. It's a terrific group of people. Um, and kind of what, what we do together there. However, I also, of course, have um, derive a lot of satisfaction out of, out of my family and friends and, and so forth. And so... During the season that, you know, um, you know, to some extent, I'm definitely still in. Um, I, you know, I felt like I was able to come home and, and enjoy the time with uh, the family over dinner and help get the kids to bed. But usually right after the kids got to bed, my 
uh, laptop is back open, um, and uh, I would work until the wee hours in the morning. And by wee hours, like it was it was later, <laughs> early, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> and you're better now. You're getting more sleep now. I am. You're learning That's, to kind of. We've 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 brought in a lot of great people and um and that's allowed everybody i think to um to have uh, a little bit more a little bit more bandwidth but um but yeah i i, th- I think my my sleeping has gotten a lot better and i think my attitude has gotten a lot better along with that which i think has had uh, benefits um at home but also also at work and i think you know it's one thing to get everything done get your work done your family check it all off the list but the Thing we were noticing is, you know, you were then like Friday night, eight o'clock, you're out. And so we couldn't plan Friday night things with friends. There's yeah. no way like I was going to stretch you on the weekends to do lots of social things. And so our social life kind of plummeted a little yeah. bit. Um, and so we're, we're kind of saying that we're back in the game. One of our goals for 2014 was to watch more TV. <laughs> <laughs> that's countercultural. That's <laughs> everyone's trying to stop watching TV. We're trying to watch TV, and so you know, at least one night a week, maybe. Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight after this interview, watch a little bit of a show, and um, you know, the last two Fridays we've had things with church friends and uh, randomly, you know, calling people up to meet for dinner, and I think I think those have helped a lot in this new kind of broaching things but you know and we've talked about the reason you didn't people say oh why didn't he quit his job that's exhausting how can anybody spend three years and hardly sleep but you know why did you not quit why you know i think it's really because i really really enjoy what i do um you know heather and i talk a lot about um our own wiring and what our gifts are and um and I think, you know, when you're doing what you're wired to do, what you're gifted to do, I think you, you drive a lot of satisfaction from that. And so I think I always felt and knew that my schedule, in particular the uh, lack of sleep, was not sustainable um, and definitely not healthy. But, you know, I always, I always felt like, um, you know, there was a uh, – we were accomplishing some, some great things. And, um, and I believe it's all kind of coming together now as well. So I think in many ways it really comes down to just really enjoying the satisfaction of what I, what I did every day. When you and I have been through different times in our marriage, we married 15 years where, you know, you start a business and maybe it's a little harder financially and we just call that an investment year, right? You're getting yeah. experience or, um, there were some years where you're getting your master's degree and that took a lot of time and the evenings and the weekends, and that was an investment in your career, getting you education. And I think what we've kind of been through is another investment in your career of just time yeah. and kind of, um, you know, there's the money and there's the another time and, and, and uh, emotion. And, you know, it was a lot of sacrifice, um, but I think it was, it was worth the investment. So uh, if you were going to talk to other wives out there that are listening who have husbands who work a lot, what advice would you give them or what did you think? Talk great about me. <laughs> what was, how was I awesome? Well, this is, uh, this is easy, actually, because I think, you know, I definitely knew while, while I was in the midst of the, the, um, the busiest of periods and the times when 
I think the the person who got the shaft the most was was Heather. Um, I think I had enough to rally for the boys. Um, of course, they demand it, so you you're kind of forced to forced to to produce, um, and that that worked out well. And I think the reality is Heather got the the last of what was left, and. Um, you know, I always, I think in the midst of, I think the busiest of the, of that period, um, I, I, I kind of knew that. I mean, I, I did know it, you know, and I recognized that, um, she was getting, you know, really very little, um, from me, unfortunately. Um, and I, and I kind of, when my more reflective moments, you know, many times I would think about, um, why, how we were even able to even get through that. And one of the things I, I thought about was that Heather actually, no matter how much I know she wanted to give me a guilt trip, she actually did not. Um, and to be honest, I recognize that even though I may not have called it to her attention, I really called, I really knew. and I definitely knew that she was not using some ammo that I was giving her insofar as, providing her that quality of time that she needed. And because of that, I think that actually for me, um, although she may not have felt that at the time, I think it really drew me closer to her, even though I know I wasn't drawing myself closer to her necessarily in, in, in the time that I was giving her. I really appreciated the fact that, um, that, she did not take advantage or not even take advantage probably in the right way to say it, but that she didn't try to give me a guilt trip because a guilt trip would have clearly, especially when you're um, perhaps not getting the sleep that you need um, actually raised the level of frustration in the whole situation. And, and in the end would not have been uh, very effective all the way around. So for wise out there, I mean, it's kind of like you, the, the husband is doing what they can. It's not like sometimes they, they don't really have a choice, right? It's not. Yeah. And, and even though it felt like you were choosing work over me, it was not a choice. And sometimes it was fa- when family's involved, you assume the family's there, but the work, you kind of have to keep it up. So it's still there. Yeah. And I, I think in my head, I knew it wasn't, you know, at least, at the craziest of periods, I knew that that craziest of periods would not last forever. Now, you know, I think it, it did extend for, for quite some time where, um, uh, you know, at, at times you feel like, um, you know, you're never going to get sleep again, but, um, kind of like how I said, is this our new normal? Mm-hmm. And I didn't see an end in sight, but I guess, you know, you would see little glimpses. Maybe there's a board meeting, so it's going to be rough for, a few months and then better. I don't know. Yeah. There'd be certain seasons where of course it would be worse than others. But I think that the reality of it all is um, it's never quite as simple as we'll, you know, leave this or do something different or whatever like that. Because as we all know, um, every, every situation has its opportunities and challenges and you can never expect another situation to be. Um, it's not like leaving that job would make things better. Right. I you'd mean, you'd be at another job, you'd be at the same level and it would be, you know, if I, you know, um, right. If you, if you love what you're doing and there's some good things going on and you can definitely feel like there's, um, some really long-term opportunities, both from a career and, and financial and so forth opportunity, then sometimes you, you'll, you'll make these kind of sacrifices. 
Yeah. So, um, okay. So you're telling gals not to give their husbands guilt trips. Well, but what's but what's the way that they can support? I mean, yeah. that's a negative. Don't do. But what could they do? What was the most helpful support? You know. Yeah, and and I understand too. Every situation and every dynamic and and uh, uh, between couples is unique. So you know, I think one situation and dynamic you know could be different perhaps than others. But I guess one thing I would say is I don't ever know of a situation where the guilt option really does work, right? So yeah. um, at the same time, I do think obviously the the husband needs to have. Um, guidance and counsel and perspective and so far as kind of the impact of, of, of some of those choices and sacrifices that the whole family is making alongside too. So, so where does he get that from? Yeah. I mean, I think the, you know, one, one way to do that, to be honest is um, I, th- I think my, uh, as I mentioned before, I think work and the kids, to be honest, I think got the most of me. Heather got very little. And then my, you know, my friends outside really got absolutely nothing and pretty much, pretty much uh, disconnected, unfortunately, with a lot of my friendships um, just because of lack of time, not lack of desire, but just lack of time. And I think, you know, one thing I actually appreciated that Heather did that, that be, be honest, actually really helped was she encouraged me even when my time for her was very minimal, she actually encouraged me to go out with my friends repeatedly. And it was interesting because when I heard that, I didn't hear it as Heather doesn't want to be with me or, um, uh, I really heard it as Heather recognizes that I'm, I'm missing out on some very important things in my life. And when you see your friends, your friends will invariably ask you questions about, your life, in particular, you know, good friends you have deep relationships with that will make you more reflective on, you know, my time with Heather. Mm-hmm. And so um, some of those things that actually force the, the husband to actually go have fun actually make them realize the, the real critical parts of life that might actually be uh, taking the back seat. I think moms stay home, the husband comes home, and then we think we need to have girls' night outs, which we do. Those are good. Those are valuable. Bible studies, girls' night out. But we hardly ever say, you know, maybe maybe a lot of men do. I, I guess there are some couples where the men go off a lot. But if your husband's never getting out of the house to go be with guy friends, that might be a red flag because men need relationship just like you do. And and there's accountability there, and there's encouragement. Bruce went on a whole weekend trip with guys and came back more desiring to spend one-on-one time with the boys. And I was like, well, that was worth the whole weekend. <laughs> I'll take the kids. I don't know if you even recognize that. But no. you came back, and you're like, I'd really like to have more one-on-one time with the boys. And I was like, check, awesome. That was worth uh-huh. me watching the boys Friday night, Saturday night, all day if, you know, Spending time with your guy friends spurs you to do more for our family. So, yeah, uh, you just got to, in many ways, kind of just right break. Guys. I guess yeah. the right guys, too. You just got sometimes you just have to kind of, even if it seems counterintuitive, kind of break up the fun with, or break up the time and the pattern with, with some fun. And yeah, when people get away, they, they tend to obviously have a, a fresher view on things. 
And even though you were really tired and you worked a lot, you did let, you know, you did offer me a lot of weekends a way to do time with other girls. And and you've always been supportive of me having other things I was a part of, like this podcast and blogging and leading Bible studies and other things so that um, my cup was being filled other places. And I do think, you know, one of the biggest things that got us through this time is, is a very long marriage leading into it. You know, a lot of time together before we even had kids. And then a long time, you know, a lot of dates, a lot of traveling. We had a firm foundation to build on when it, you know. Yeah, that reminds when me When it of, got strained. I mean, it was a strong house in a hurricane. It wasn't yeah. a weak building. So I think that that is a huge part of getting through a tough season of a couple of things I'll say, actually, um, you hearing you say that made me think of one of them is I think you've you've probably said this before in your podcast, but you know, we had friends once say that, you know, you either spend your money now in babysitting or later in counseling. Um, and uh, and that I think is really good because, you know, I wouldn't say that we were great in getting out, but I think we were OK in getting out. Yeah. Um, that's one. Another one is. I'm going to kind of maybe go against conventional wisdom on this. I don't know if I've actually verbalized this to Heather or not, but I sometimes think it actually is better to go to bed angry than to go to bed to, than to say what <laughs> may be crossing your mind at 11 o'clock at 11 or later and you're exhausted. And, um, and that's not fun. You know, I know that Heather's gone to bed crying and very angry with me, but at times, um, but I do think that sometimes just especially when you're exhausted or not connecting, um, my personal point of view is I think oftentimes we have been better off getting a break and taking some time between rather than saying something that might take a lot longer to uh, recover from. Yeah. I think someone gave us that the, us the advice when we were first married and not argue after 10 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, don't have a serious conversation after 10 o'clock. Yeah, I think that's wise. Nothing good happens. Or yeah, or if the conversation is just kind of starting to go off the rails a little bit, then <laughs> then we have no idea what you're talking about. Then um, then just just shut it down. Everyone listening has never argued with their spouse. They mm-hmm. don't know what you're talking about. They don't know well, I'm talking about particularly uh, not. I'm da- actually not saying don't argue. Um, I'm actually saying, saying is when, when, when the argument goes when the argument starts wacky. starts going wacky. Don't try to like perhaps recover it. Just maybe just let the conversation die. Yeah. Yeah. Revisit it when your brain's fresh. You know, another thing too is um, the, the during the week is not the best time to usually have a deep conversation with me because <laughs> I'm usually once kind of Sunday night hits and I'm kind of getting ramped back up for the week. My brain's pretty, uh, pretty full and um, you're like engaged in work. I'm pretty engaged. And, um, and so what I find, I think, is that the weekends is generally where my brain's the freshest and where I think we have the best conversations. And so oftentimes, you know, I think Heather probably just, unless she thinks of it this way, but I think probably usually we just will go to dinner, hopefully on a Saturday night or something like that. And that's usually when we, we really save our most important conversations. Yeah, I like to cry in public restaurants. Yeah. Public restaurants versus you. private restaurants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that's true. I think I've also learned not to call you at work and expect 
<laughs> right? Like yeah. if you have a husband who has like a pretty demanding job, stop calling him at work all the time. Like unless someone's bleeding or at, I've, I've called when someone's split their head open and you've left work. But like in general, I mean, really don't call you at work. Yeah. It's not. It's usually I'm pretty 20, focused. It's pretty 20 second. 20 when I'm seconds, at work, I'm max, at work. 20 second call. Text her probably better. Not even that. I think usually like a three word response or just one. Great. That's great. Okay. Just a K. Okay. (laughs) But I think, I think you just, you know, I guess you've trained me when to know when to talk, when to know when to hold them. Well, I, you know, I think the reality is, you know, once again, kind of getting back, you know, we're all, we're all wired. We all, we all have different ways of, of working. And the number one thing is just to understand who you are and embrace that. And understand that about each other, and and uh, and celebrate it as well. Yeah, we both learned. We just took strength. I just took strength finders. Bruce did, and both of us like our bottom five is deliberate, mm-hmm. which is terrible. We operate a lot by gut. A lot of a lot of ping pinball action going on. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we have some intentional things that have kept us afloat that's pretty. I mean, because we weren't we didn't drown, but. You know, we were kind of in deep water. Probably. I think one thing that's interesting that I think has happened in our marriage the last five years, which I think is a good thing, um, is I think Heather and I are both third children out of four, and we both have a history of being that middle child, um, the peacemaker. And so we did not usually want to jump right into fights. Um, in fact, we would try to avoid it. We would take the very securitous route to... Uh, what we wanted to say if we thought it was going to offend the other. And I think if there is, believe it or not, a positive I'm going to throw out there, it's um, when you push yourself to the limit, um, oftentimes, you know, you, you're kind of forced to become more efficient um, in Your things. Your filter goes away. Your filter goes away. And so as a part of that for us, I think what actually happened is, um, especially for me, I was exhausted. And so I became a much more direct communicator, even when I wasn't, I'm feeling super passionate about something. So if I had a thought, whereas before I'd be like, well, you know, this might upset her. I won't say it. I got more in a habit of actually of, of just saying exactly what I was thinking. And in many cases, actually before I got frustrated. So instead of stuffing, I was actually sharing my thoughts um, very early on. And I think that that is actually a side positive that's come out of it is I think our communication has gotten and communication now is easily the best it's ever been. Well, because I was never sure what you were thinking. So then I would assume what you're thinking, which is the worst. How can you assume what someone's thinking? So then you always think, oh, he must be thinking this. Oh, no, he's thinking this. But now that I know he's no filter whatsoever, <laughs> I do not need to worry about what he's thinking about. Either he's not thinking about anything, which we all know from men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti. Yes. That there's an empty waffle square. There, There is. And men sometimes are in it. Yeah. Sometimes we literally are thinking about nothing. Absolutely nothing. Whereas women have all their noodles touching. So the kid noodles touching the we need new furniture noodle, which is touching the back to school noodle. And, you know, I need to go on a diet noodle all at the same time. They're all interacted. So he makes one comment and I jump to 40 different conclusions. And then I say, what are you thinking about? And he's like, nothing. Or sometimes men may have their safe noodle, like it's not noodle. You have a, a empty waffle. Square. It's a square. It's a waffle square <laughs> that might be like 
sports or something like that where you're, you'll just, the guy's brain will just go as kind of like that. I don't have Is he that. asked for you and he's like, oh, I don't think she's willing to care about this double A shortstop. Double A short what? Double A shortstop. I don't know what that is. It's, a, it's like a big prospect for the baseball team, for the Astros. This is something you're currently thinking no, about? No. Well, I'm just, as an example, it's pretty exciting. See? <laughs> exactly. See? You see, you're not going to understand what's going on when the guy just says, like the safe place where there's like. So you just say nothing so you don't have to explain. No, I mean, actually, truly, sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's like you just go to some place that of something that just can occupy your brain that doesn't really. Mm, fluff. Yeah, fluff. That's the that's the square with the marshmallow fluff in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how we got on that topic. I don't know. Communication. Communication. Oh, that I don't have to worry about what you're thinking about. Yeah, I think that's good. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to talk about. You know. I think well, I will say this. Okay, what that, did I say? That um, Heather's amazing, mm. and she's a um, a great friend. A great wife, a great mom, and um, and to be honest, I think you know, I think we'll look back in many ways at these years, even though I think that they've been difficult, you know, in some ways, just from a um, you know some some basic you know sleeping and attention span issues and so forth. But I think well, I think we'll in many ways look back at these also as great years because I don't think there's ever a time when you just think, man, that year was just a breeze, right? So I think you always say people are like complaining and whining and waiting for the next thing. You're like, life is just hard. Life's just hard, right? And like exactly. get over that. Just see the good parts in it, and just assume that the the baseline is hard, and anything above it is benefit. Is, yeah, is gold. Yeah, and so the the pendulum swings, right? Your pendulum swings sometimes where one part of your life may absorb more than another part of your life. But the number one thing is, you know, know who you are and um, and pursue what you know what you're gifted to pursue. And um, and um, yeah, and uh, and what God wants you to do. I just that's a lot of use. For God Center Mom podcast, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say yeah. You just uh, you just recognize that nothing's wasted for God, even if it's hard. That hopefully, what we've been through. That even if you're listening and you're finding yourself and you're feeling hopeless, because I know there were seasons and times and days where I was just like hopeless, just totally hopeless. I thought our life. I don't even know what this is. How is this living? This isn't living. And if you're feeling like that, like your spouse is super occupied with work and you're giving up hope to just realize it's not wasted and um, to pray. I've spent a lot of time praying and uh, God is faithful to bring us out of it. Um, or I, At least I'm seeing light. I mean, like you said, we're mm-hmm. not totally out of it, but I see glimmers. I feel like we're more available and um, I'm feeling like we're more like ourselves. I have your husband's read Mere Christianity. Every time I read it, <laughs> it always re- charges me back up because I think sometimes, you know, you can, you can read the, um, you know, the, the very common popular, um, you know, Christian writers who are many, you know, many of them are great, but I think sometimes you read somebody like C.S. Lewis who just 
in many ways speaks like an every man, um, despite the fact that he's got amazing knowledge and background and depth. And he's able to talk through things in a, in a, uh, in a way that just makes you think, um, that makes, I think, um, I think men in particular, I, I find are uniquely impacted by the way he writes. And I, you know, I'd encourage your, your husbands to read uh, mere Christianity, um, again and again and again. Again, not, I don't know how many times I've read that book. Not the Bible. Well, of course the Bible. But that in addition. Yeah. It's a good book. It's a great book. Good book. Well, thank you all for hanging on and listening to us chat. And like I said, I hope it was an encouragement to you wherever you are. Thanks, Bruce, for being here, even though you don't feel 100%. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family, and He is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with His love, and He will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.